This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. You're escaped prisoners. Everyone. Thieves, bandits, fighters, and brawlers. <laughs> Desperate men. Desperate as you'll ever see. Good. Those are the kind of men I need. Hello, and welcome back to Dude Bits Like the 80s. I'm RJ McCready, and... We're going to be taking you back to the year 1983 to review the classic adventure sci-fi movie, Kroll. And um, today I'd like to introduce you to my new co-host, um, which is Mark Lockhart. Mark, how you doing, buddy? How you doing? Uh, it's good to have you here, Mark. Mark, I know you're just about <laughs> as crazy as the 80s as I am, mate. Yeah, I am massive in, into the 80s. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, live, breathe it every day. Yeah, because... Um, Obviously, the first time I met you, mate, was um, you was dressed up as Team Wolf. Um, so I think right. it was inside the 80s. <laughs> yeah, there was. The first, time, the first time I met you, you were dressed as RJ McCready. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm trying to trying to live to my name. So I was wearing a fake beard and you was covered in hair as well. And <laughs> here we are doing a podcast, mate. Do you know what I mean? I think it was just fate that that was going to happen, you know? <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how things how things work out, man. It's so bizarre. That was such a crazy party. That was Gav. That was Gav. Um, Gav Hall's uh, birthday party. That was, and he is the host of podcast on Haunted Hill. He is indeed, and big shout out. Big shout out. Yeah, got to be a big shout out to um, Gav, and he's um, he, they host on the show, which is Dan, which is a massive, yep, huge host, fan of the eighties. He's just doused in the eighties. It's unbelievable. Oh, they both, they both. Uh, <laughs> great guys, check out their show. Um, if there was one thing in the eighties which you could, I don't know, describe or bring back, what what would it be? One thing from the eighties, um, I would say trainers, but there's a lot of trainers at the moment which are very eighties, uh, steeped in nostalgia for me, man. Um, but one thing I'd bring back from the eighties, gosh, um, probably my commodore 64 right yeah okay yeah it's funny you said though i just wanted to go back and what you just said about the trainers because yeah. i'm into trainers as well and i i tried to get hold of the um was it the nike vandals from terminator 
Yeah, they're a good, that's a good trainer. That's a good oh, trainer. Yeah, unbelievable. But um, they're very expensive, and I ended up getting some um, Air Force One trainers in the end, which were I think they were Brad's out of the Goonies. I think. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember yeah. those. Were they navy ones? No, they weren't. No, they were the um, black ones. I don't know. Did he have navy yeah. ones in the Goonies? I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen check the Goonies. I might have to check it out just to, just to double check that. Um, but also, <laughs> there's another crack, another classic trainer from the 80s was the uh, Reebok, Reebok Bug Stompers from Aliens. Oh, yes. Bishop, they Bishop, the real... Bishop wore them and Ripley as well. Yeah, were they the sort of high top, real high top ones almost went up to... To her knee, was it in Aliens? Well, those, those be, I, think, I don't think it went up too high. <laughs> above the ankle, I think. But yeah, they were called Bug Stomp, and they, they just did a re release. And they're, they're worth they're so much money. I would love to buy a pet, but they're just so much money. Oh, man. Yeah, I love it. I'll tell you what, let's go straight into the TV guide, and then we can discuss about, the, um, about 1983. So, guys, we're going to take you back to 1983. And. Uh, Ed McMahon, take us away. Hey-o! Listen, here's Ed McMahon, and you're listening to Dude Looks Like the 80s. And now, here's the 80s Hall of Fame. I'd just like to read the TV guide. Read the TV guide. Don't need a TV. Oh, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. gotta love it, isn't yeah. That's about as far as we're gonna go. <laughs> All right, Mark. So, what you got on the TV guy there, mate? Have you what you got on TV shows? You should ask because a lot of the stuff that came out in around about the 1983 era, I was about two years old, so I didn't catch up with these shows until I was a little bit older. When I say a little bit older, I mean a tiny bit older. Stuff like the raccoons. I remember Rac- that. Yeah, raccoons. Cyr- Cyril Schneer. Cyril Schneer. That was it. <laughs> cigar hanging out of his mouth. Um, Dungeon, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's a classic. I think that's a that's that gets mentioned a lot on the Facebook page, actually, doesn't it? Oh, it's so um, good, man. It's so good. I don't like anybody that doesn't like that. It's um, yeah. And did they ever make it home? Because I don't think I ever saw the episode where they made it home, or they just leave it open. I think they left it open. For, I can't remember the last the last episode. I don't want to say whether they made it no. home or not because I don't actually know. We didn't have any YouTube or anything like that, did we? So we only saw it was on TV. So you was kind of like left in suspense, really, weren't you? Unless you saw the episode. Yeah, I just I just loved I just loved every character. Yeah. Uni. Oh man, who's the guy with the um, shield and sword? Is Eric? Sort of scary. That was it, Eric. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Because they Eric, all. The that's the thing I liked about it. They all had different characters, didn't they? Do you know what I mean? None of no, no one was the same in that. No. And uh, the little dungeon master, wasn't it, as well? He was uh, it's like a sort of Yoda character, wasn't he? He was. He's very Yoda-esque. Very Yoda-esque. Mm. Uh, what else you got on there, Mark? What else we got? Action Force. Action Force? Well, I'll tell you, I don't actually remember that one. You don't remember Action Force? Action Force? No, remember, remember Cobra the Enemy? Action Force and well, Cobra the Enemy? There were little got, toy soldiers that that uh, that came out around about the time, and uh, and um, yeah, it was just like a fantastic uh, 
uh, it was like mask, if you like, you know, mask. Yeah, I remember mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. like that, but um, each soldier had their own little special ability. And uh, it was always, it was always, ring a bell now. it was always about Venom and Cobra right. trying to trying to overthrow the action force. That was good. It good, does good actually thing. sound a lot like mask. Um, but now you mention it, I actually, I actually think I remember seeing these toys in Woolworths. Do you know what I mean? You know, when you go into like the old Woolworths store and you see all the toys in there, actually, it's actually ringing a bit of a bell, that is. Yeah. But I've yeah, got, well, you I've got, got um, did you mention He-Man? No, we didn't. No, He-Man, Master of the Universe. It's, um, I know Dan Bonaby with it on us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the biggest Master of the Universe fan I know. Oh, he uh, is. He, yeah, he, he loves the show. He loves the show. But I think it was, um, He-Man was sort of made after Star Wars, wasn't it? Because it was Mattel that was supposed to make the Star Wars figures. Um, lots, um, well, yeah, they were supposed to make the Star Wars figures, but they turned it down. And they ended up yeah. making He-Man. And then the cartoon came after that. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, massive show. Seemed to be everywhere, didn't it? It did. I, mean, I had all the figures when I was when I was younger. Did you? Have you still got them? Yeah. Um, I've probably, I've probably got, I've, the only figure I've probably got is, um, Merman. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> he had this like sucker, he had this like sucker mouth and you press a button on the back and it's, he's stuck to like windows and stuff. I think oh, it man, was Merman. That's, yeah. that's reminding me of that film Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, there was like the Merman or something in that. Yes. Yes. Vaguely. <laughs> Vaguely. Yeah, by the very end of the movie. Um, and then I've got Mr. T. There was an animated um, TV show of Mr. T. Um, I think he also brought a song out that year. Mr. T was everywhere. Oh, yes, I do remember that. In fact, funny to say that, I actually gave a vinyl, uh, Mr. T and the Ten Commandments, to Chucky Steele. Oh, did you? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I gave. I had lots of old vinyl kicking about, so um, I uh, I chucked some over to him. And then I got um, Mysterious Cities of Gold that came out in 1983. Um, oh man, Children of the Sun. Dun, 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 so dun, dun, your time has just begun. <laughs> <laughs> With your friend in tow. Fucking I was brilliant. mental over that. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Great story. Um, another great song. Um, but I didn't realise that came out in 1983 until I did the research. Well, it came out a little later, but uh, yeah, that's all I got on the TV shows. And um, what about movies, Mark? We got on the movies. Oh man, movies, 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 movies. Well, 1983 was a fantastic year for film. Uh, let's just go through some of these ones quick. You had Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, I don't Good need movie. to expand on that any anymore. Just those four words: Return of the Jedi. Just yeah. Yep, amazing. Rumblefish, Jaws 3D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've talked about that, haven't we, actually? We might we, even we, cover that on the um, show. I'd love to cover that. I'd love to cover that. It's a, it's a good film. It's a great film. It's one, a film that um, I watched when I was young and, yeah, just really fell in love with it. Not, yeah, not as much. It, it's not as good as the original, obviously, and, you know, people, people will have their favourites, but, no, it's a good film. Yeah, see, I remember the Jaws... 3D did have an effect on me because it actually scared me from swimming pools. <laughs> you see what yeah. I mean? 
you know, because it's like the first one and the second one scared me from going into the sea mm. and laying, you know, going on a lilo. And then you got yeah. and then you got Jaws 3D that sort of scared me for going into a swimming pool. And I also remember it, I, almost like an iconic thing of seeing it on the TV guide when I was a kid, sort of at Christmas. Yeah. Um, because I think Gav mentioned, Gav from Pointed Hill mentioned it on his last episode that there was like this event. Um, not, a, I think it was probably about 1986. Everybody yeah. was watching Jaws 3D on TV, you know, because you know I think everybody had these like 3D glasses at home. Yeah. Um, so I seem to remember that. So yeah, I, I give the film credit for that at least. Well, it's funny. I actually, I'm actually reading a book at the moment, and uh, I'm actually reading a book called 172 um, Hours on the Moon, and um, there's a paragraph in there about um, the chances of being attacked by a shark. And I remember this because I read it today. And <laughs> well, the, on the moon, the chance <laughs> is nil, nil. Uh, the chance, the chart, the actual chance on Earth, the the, per, the person's chance of being attacked by a shark is one in 11.5 million. Bloody hell! And the chance of getting getting killed by a shark is less than I think it's two hundred and fifty fifty one million. One in one in two hundred fifty one yeah, million yeah. chance of being killed by a shark. So right. even I, it like those films, they those films those films, those films made me petrified of the water. Mm. But well, yeah. still even still even now. Mm. You know, um it's like we're doing a Jaws episode here. <laughs> um but this is the thing we can sort of segue big time. But all I'd say is like when I went on holiday last week, even when I was on the pool, yeah, and I was sat on the lilo, yeah, enjoying the sun. Yeah, you close your eyes and all of a sudden you hear that, dernum, dernum. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I think Rick will agree with me here, and this is what he he talks about a lot. You know, whether Jaws is a horror film or not, I think it is because it's scared the pants out of me. Do you know what I mean? It's definitely is a horror film. now, so. Um, yeah, and that's a like I say, that's the power of the movies, but um, power, the power. anyway, we're not here to um, talk so about the movies. <laughs> What's oh, the next one? No, we're not. That's another time, another one, uh, another movie, Superman 3. Oh man, what a movie! <laughs> can, you, can you can you sing can you sing the uh, the, the Superman theme song? Can you mime it? Is this what? Well, why is that? Is that you trying to? No, no, I'm just. Yeah. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay. Now. I think I see what you're getting. I get what you're saying. It's all John Williams, isn't it? Yeah. See, they're not going to Spider Superman. I go into Superman every time I do it. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I've got you. We're going to be talking about James Hall. We're going to be talking about James Horner in a minute. I mean, talking about ripping films, and that's no discredit to him, but there's a lot of similarities in that music. Um, But yeah, Superman 3, that was uh, what I I remember about that is the beginning. That first seven minutes of everything seems to go wrong at the start of that movie, and it's absolutely hilarious, isn't it? Like, I think there's some penguins that set a light, isn't there? (laughs) 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 Yeah. And then some oh, guy gets um, goes into a fire hydrant in the car, and in the car starts filling up with water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! I do, I, do, um, I, I did the jump. I did, I did like Richard Pryor's um, part in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... I really enjoyed Richard Pryor in that. And then, of course, in in the eighties, if someone's bad, they 
got to have a bit of stubble, aren't they? You know, oh. so, so so when Superman goes bad, he's got a bit of the old morning morning shadow, hasn't he? <laughs> 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 he must be bad. <laughs> oh, dear. You got anything else on there, Mark? Uh, what we got? 1983, Videodrome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what a movie, man. It's, um, yeah, I saw, I've only ever seen it once. Uh, watched it on TV, but I did do enjoy it. And um, I saw one with the, was it the sort of gun going into his stomach, isn't it? Yes, that's it. And that's just, that, that very scene, um, I saw that when I was way too young. I should never have seen, sort of seen that. I saw that, uh, that scene, but I was very young. Mm. I, think I, w- I walked downstairs and I've, my mum and dad watching the TV and then, Boom! I just looked at the screen and I just saw this gun coming out of my stomach, and I was like, yeah. "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> my <laughs> my mum was like, "Get out!" <laughs> Not to do this. <laughs> but since then, I was like, "What was that movie? What was that? Yeah. Movie? What that movie was?" And all you know, many um, years later, I then found out what it was, and it was it was Videodrome, and yeah, and Debbie Harry, Debbie Harry, she's in that indeed. That's right. She, I think that might, she, it might have been a, one of her first roles. I don't think I've seen her in anything else, if I'm honest with you. But, what um, a talented woman, mate. What a talented woman. Cracking voice. Absolutely. absolutely. She, plays, she plays a nurse or something in that, doesn't she? Yeah. I seem to remember. Yes. Um, but yeah, crazy, crazy movie. Crazy Cronenberg movie. Um, crazy Cronenberg. Need we say more? You gotta, you gotta like it, man. Don't you? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's just, yeah. <laughs> oh man. And you got any other movies on there, bud? Um, Rumblefish. Rumblefish. Yeah, what is that? I don't see. You've caught me out there again. I don't know that one. Really? I thought you, I thought you'd known Rumblefish. No. Nope. What's it about? Right, Rumble, Rumblefish is a, um, is a fantastic movie. Uh, it was directed by. Francis Ford Coppola, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, it's... Oh, mate, it's got Dennis Hopper in it, Matt Dillon. Um, yeah, it's just a... I'm trying to explain it, really. It's kind of like... Do you know... Have you ever seen a movie called... Uh, the Outsiders? Yes, I have, yeah. Oh, is yeah, it like right? that? It's basically like that. It's... Uh, right. Mickey Mickey Rourke, that's it. Mickey Rourke. He plays like this yeah, uh, young young teen dude who wants to go, wants to leave like his wild wild childhood behind. And uh, Matt Dillon's like this uh, this this young impressionable uh, chap that is, that is his brother that wants to take his place and do the things that he did. But then it's right. about Mickey Rourke that's trying to prevent him from doing it. Anyway, it's it sort of spirals into uh, like lots of violence and uh, yeah, you know things that you do in when you're sort of like teenage in your teenage years you sort of live life on the edge so yeah it's a fantastic movie great great film great great film yeah i have to do, uh, check that out you yeah. should, uh, mate, you should again what i say it's it, there are as I, I said to rick before it's um there's a lot of films in the 80s i still haven't seen do you know what i mean and mm. um it's it's crazy do you know what i mean and there's still a lot of stuff coming out now isn't there which is getting released yeah, and um, yeah, it's all good stuff because it's something else from the eighties that we're still getting. Um, and sometimes I can watch a movie and think, like you say, like Rumble Fish. I mean, how how have I not watched that before? 
Um, yeah, and also it, it was filmed in black and white. Oh, was it? All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a classic movie. It's a classic movie. I'll go and check it out. What have I got? What else have I got? Um, mm, 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 Christine. Oh, movie, yeah. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you i knew that'd be your response to that man that that was my john Car- oh yeah john carpenter voice mm. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and we got Suddenly to see him. My voice changed and we did mate didn't we yeah we did there was that um last october wasn't it yes it was shepherd's bush oh, empire <laughs> i remember coming out shaking good night Oh, sorry, didn't I? I've just met John Carpenter. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's because we were stood outside the. We were standing outside the pub, and uh, I think it was you and Peter Abbott. Shout out, Pete. Yeah, good old Pete, another legend. Yeah, old Pete Abbott. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure to meet him uh, that night as well. Yeah, yeah we, we all we all um, met up and we all went to go and see John Carpenter. Shared a few beers, a few laughs. Um, yeah, got to see him play all the classic tracks. Um, he even gave us a wave, didn't he, on the stage? Do you remember? We was yes, he did. Down he looked up. He, gave us, he looked up. Yeah, he, up. He looked and up he, at you he, and me. He, and he gave us a salute, didn't he? Yeah. He was, he was doing <laughs> you his... Turned, you talk. turned to me. You turned to me. And yeah. you said, he looked straight at us. Yeah. John Carpenter's looked at us. <laughs> he, he was great. I mean, he's having a great time at the moment, isn't he? You know, with, um, yeah. he's playing that keyboard, doesn't he? He does the um, sort of... All the old man danced, and he all the dad danced, and he on the stage. <laughs> oh, a lot, man. Of, lot of pointing, pointing, lot of dad, dad, granddad dancing, and yeah, just continually, continually, just being an absolute legend. Just continue. He's an absolute legend, and I think he's actually doing what he really wants to do. Yeah, is just being on stage, playing his music. Um, all the fans love him. And, um, yeah, he's having a great time. And I'm hoping that he might get behind the director's chair again for another time. Just bring something you, out. Classic. You happening? Um, yeah, I think so. I think as, I think he's better off doing films when he's kind of got the control and like his independent filmmaking. Yeah. Like when he was going back to doing films like Assault on Precinct 13. Um, yeah. Probably greater filmmaking. Yeah. I don't really see him doing any any, any more uh, directing. He's like 70, I think he's like early 70, 71. So I mean, he probably could knock out a movie. Mm. Um, yeah, but, uh, I think with John Carpenter, he's always um, predominantly ahead of his time when he makes a film. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, you just you just look at you look at the uh, the catalogue of movies that he's got. Uh, you know, Assault and Precinct 13, as you mentioned, uh, Halloween, um, Fog. Escape from New York, the thing, Christine, Big Trouble in Little China, they live. It's just, it's just it banger after banger after banger after banger. It's like fucking hell, what? If I could direct one of those films, uh, you know, say like Escape from New York, and have that on as a credit as a director, I'd go. Yeah. I'll be happy with that. Yeah. What but, would you, if you, out of all of out of all of John Carpenter's movies, mm. what movie would you like to have directed? Assault and Precinct 13. Wow. Give you a like, quick answer on that. that 1976. <laughs> wow, that's, yeah. that, is a, that is a big shout. I even said, I even managed to say John Carpenter when I saw him. I think a lot of people would have expected me to say The Fiend. Um, mm. Especially with my RJ McCready in this. Don't get me wrong, it's an amazing film. 
Um, but I did say to John Carnes, I said to him, thank you for making us on Precinct 13. Um, never seen, I don't think I'll ever go out to see another film like it. Um, just amazing. Just something about it. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's so I think raw. it's the, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it's the actual um, concept of the police teaming up with the bad or criminals to get through the night. And I just kind of like that idea. Yeah. Um, it's, and it, it was it was very um very controversial as well for its time oh absolutely yeah it's yeah um and the soundtrack to it is amazing isn't it you know it's just um i actually got to go and see that at cinema um early this year at the prince yeah, charles I cinema you saying i remember you saying i think you went to go and see it as well didn't you do a sort of john Carpenter? yes i did i went to the prince charles cinema in london and we yeah. started our first movie which was assault and precinct 13 at half past nine i watched assault and precinct 13 uh, halloween the fog escape from new york the thing big trouble little china and they live seven movies all in <laughs> one night I came out of the cinema at 10.30 in the morning, tired, but I did not sleep. You could have just fitted just one more in, couldn't you? <laughs> if, I were, if I were to fit in, if I were to fit in one more movie, um, oh gosh, if I would have fit in one more movie, so there's only seven movies, I'd probably... Ghost of Mars? Probably, no, <laughs> no. No, I'd probably say, I'd probably say um, I don't know, something like Vampires. Oh man, that's, I, I'm I'm actually quite a fan of that movie. Um, I I am a fan of that movie. Yeah. Jack Crow is just a, such a badass. He is. Um, it's just a decent film, man. It's just fun. It's just fun. Zombies, James Wood. Oh, sorry, vampires, James Woods. Um, yeah, just gore. It's it's probably the most it's probably the most Carpenter movie that he's he's made of sort of later times. You know, yeah. in terms of um, the sort of, uh, you know, James Wood, Wood's character, who's like an archetypical hero, do you know what I mean? And yeah, he is, he, he deserves his credit next to um, Snake Plissken and John Nard and RJ McCready. He's, you know, definitely. <laughs> he is a John Carpenter hero, only he, really. He's just steeped in shit <laughs> in a really bad situation. <laughs> and that is John Carpenter, isn't it? You know, he's. You know, but, um, well, we're doing an episode on John Carpenter here. We are, aren't we? God, we've just gone on a right, we've gone right seg, said way, haven't we? This is the thing, though. You chuck John Carpenter into the conversation, and that's how we're going to go. But let's move on. Let's move on. We'll leave John Carpenter to another to another time. Where Bye, were John. We? Bye, John. Hello, John. He's he's smoking fags and um, playing computer games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where were we? We were talking about films. How about you? What films have you got? I've got, I'll tell you what, it's one of my favourite movies, which is so underrated, is Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Oh, Came man. out this year in 3D. Yeah. I'm I don't not, know if you remember that. Nope, I've not seen that. Have you not? Mm, well, this no. is, this was made before Ghostbusters. It was produced by Ivan Reitman. Um, okay. It's got Ernie Hudson in it and... Um, Molly Ringwald and Peter Strauss, but again, it's got a it's it it's Dow's in eighties when you watch it. I mean, I can see why people don't like it, but yeah. it's 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 worth checking out. Go check it out. The other one I've got here is Psycho Two. 
came out this year. Mm, great sequel. Um, Tom Holland, wasn't it? He made Fright Night. He, he made this movie. Um, going back to Jaws, we've got Blue Thunder with uh, Roy Schneider. That came out this year. Do you remember that one with the helicopter? Vaguely, vaguely. Right. Yeah, that came out this year. I've also got Superman 3, which you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and Video Drone. They were, they were the, the other two that I had. But um, let's move on to um, some songs. Mark, what you got? Songs. Oh, man. Songs from, songs from the 83. Man, yeah. oh, it's such a good, it was such a good year for, for music, man. Like New Order, Blue Monday. Hey, hey on a second. Let's have a look. Just got that 80s sort of new wave beat to it, isn't it, in the background there? Yeah, just got that, that really cool, uh, like, echoed synth um, just in the background. Uh, when, when you get to the chorus, it's like, you get that like, kind of, like, chorus organ, like, it's just yeah, which is, I would say now, it's it's probably that type of song is now parodied when someone's talking about the 80s, isn't it, you know, in maybe like TV or music now, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, great song. What's the next one you got? Um, do, 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 Pat Benatar, Love is a Battlefield. Got it here. Great song. That's a cracker. That is a cracker. Oh, she, yeah. she was fit. She was fit. She probably yeah, still like is. A lot of she probably still is. Yeah, she probably still is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will have to find out. We certainly will. <laughs> oh, dear. What's your next one, Mark? Uh, Michael Cimbalo, Maniac. Beep, 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 beep. Um, yeah, which I think was used in uh, Flashdance, wasn't it? Yes, that's it. You I got think, it. Yeah, it's either one of those movies that came out at the time. Yeah, that's great. What about this? Yeah, one? What about Go this? On. Okay. Go on. Push it to the limit. Right. Paul Engerman. Yeah, it was um, from Scarface. I seem to remember that. What's the next one? Next one, we got SOS. Just be good to me. Oh, yeah, man. Got that one. Isn't that, didn't that come out a bit later on? What, 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 damn, Judy Pretty. Listen to the boys from the big city. Damn, hot. Isn't it? Isn't that coming yeah. out? Someone mixed yeah, it, didn't they? Yeah, Listen to yeah. the boy, big bad city. This is jam hot. This is jam, jam hot. hot. That came out. That was still in the night, still in the eighties when it came out. Late eighties, yeah. wasn't it? Sort of eighty nine no, or something. This, like this came out. That came out in nineteen eighty three originally. Um, yeah. And then I think it came out in like eighty nine. It did come out in eighty nine. I seem to remember it because I remember everybody sort of singing it in the playground. Yeah. When I was I in middle school. I so. 
This is jam hot. This is, that is a bit of you, that mate, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, oh, brilliant. It's good. George Michael, Club Tropicana. Drinks are free. Some. I remember that it was only like the music video was like a pilot or something like that when he's just sort of, sort of stripping off by the pool or something <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember the video very well but no it's a good tune man it's a fun yeah. tune like, when it comes on the radio like I listen to a lot of um absolute radio and like 80s 80s radio at work and uh, and when it comes on it's just like yeah it's just a good tune it's a feel good track it's one yeah, of those, new, I one of those uh, songs you can just play and you just be like you just nod your head to it. it's just fun tune I listen to, like I say, Absolute Radio all the time, the 80s one, and the, the, that's a regular regular play. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's almost timeless, isn't it, songs like that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely a um, um, a song of the times, that's for sure. Like, you hear that and you're like, yeah, that's, pro- that's early 80s, early 80s. Yeah, good song, man. What about you? What you got? You got anything? Uh, you got I have anything? got, yeah, I've got a few on here. I've got a little bit of... Um, there was more than five oh, tracks that came out. No, 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 yeah. I've got Bonnie Tyler here, Total Clips of the Heart. Once upon a time... <laughs> I was falling in love. Yeah. Now I'm falling apart. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> That was um, Jim Steinman wrote that song. It was the writer for uh, like Meatloaf. So you can sort of hear the same sort of tones there with that. And then I've got another one. I've got Red Red Wine by UB40. You haven't. Oh, yeah. Is that good? Is this good or bad for you? That's good. It is good. Yeah, let's play some more. Play a bit more. Good. <laughs> You want to play it again? <laughs> yeah, play a bit more. Play a bit more. Again. There you go. I think I'll play again. Just get the slow head nod. Thing is, with that song, it just doesn't sound like it came out in 1983. When do you think it, it came it's... out? I'm interested. When do you, when do you I think? think it's, I think it's borderline in the 90s a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Some, like I say, so when you hear some of these songs, they are some 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 songs you can't pin to a decade even though it came out in the 90s and that's no discredit to the song but i just thought you know you look at you listen to the other songs that came out at that time well, did you did, um, did you know that um red, red, did you know that red red wine was originally written uh, i think it was by neil diamond oh was it all oh, right okay 19, yeah, okay. Six, 1965 66 something around about that time yeah that's, yeah. uh, that makes that makes a change from Prince. <laughs> it's pretty much written every song of the eighties with other people. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Things like the mid mid sixties. Um, Neil Diamond recorded uh, "Red Red Wine" and "UB40." Then uh, did did a remake cover version of it. Oh, okay. And they did it I on their album say, "Labor yeah. of Love." I know I've got their album. I thought he was going to say Elvis or something like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the red red wine. <laughs> 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 Go 
God bless you, darling. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So we've gone on from Elvis and Neil Diamond and Prince to uh, a bit of Elton John. <laughs> Like a bit of Elton John, Mark. Yeah, it's not too, not too, uh, not not too um, fond of his music, but yeah, he's 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 made some bangers. He's always been there, and he, you know, he's. Um, I went to go and see his film the other day. It's quite good. Was it good? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but I didn't expect it to be a musical. If I'm honest with you, uh, okay. that's one thing I wasn't expecting. Oh, it was. Um, I think it could have been better if it wasn't a musical, but it still worked if that makes sense. But um, but we've gone from Elton John, we've gone to a little bit of um, Def Leppard. That is not Def Leppard. Right, no, this is Def Leppard. There you go. I didn't know that Billy Joel had a... Um, um, was Def it Billy Leppard. Joel? Billy Joel, yeah. Billy Joel did Uptown Girl. I didn't know he had a one arm drummer. <laughs> or oh, did he come from Sheffield? <laughs> yeah. Which is where he came from. You Billy Joel from never... Sheffield. Yeah, Billy Joel from Sheffield with one arm. <laughs> but um, yeah, talking about Billy Joel, let's give him a, let's give him a shout out. You know? Let's see if I get this right this time. It's one of those songs you always hear at birth, isn't it? All right, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) And um, to finish it off, I've got a little bit of culture club here with Come and Come a Comedian. Some. What about what about what about? Just thought of another one. Sweet dreams. Yeah, Eurythmics. Eurythmics. Yeah, I got that. Uh, oh, I got it right here. Sweet dreams are made of the Time and see. Her and Dave Stewart. Apparently, Manson's that on in the 90s sometime um yeah he did a version of that and it's just amazing it's just decent yeah His i think um synths and just oh, it's awesome raw yeah it's very very raw yeah because I, I actually saw that when i had a look on online to get the song and um yeah. i saw the Manson song on there and, yeah. Um, yeah that's it i think that's it i've also got a little advert on the old tv guide here you know really? but, uh, remember, remember telly savalis yes <laughs> He's doing, do. an advert. Do. he's doing an advert. I do. He's doing an advert here for Picardian and Lemonade. And it's got a little <laughs> tagline saying, right, it makes for one cool customer, Bacardi Rum, with a character of its own. I'll tell you about this. Yeah, Kojak. Yeah, old Kojak sucking the, on the old lollipop, money. <laughs> no, Kojak. Going back to uh, Oh, man. Right. So, should we get on to a little bit of, um, should we move on from the TV guide and get on to a bit of crawl then, mate, and talk about yeah, the film? Yeah, let's get on to a bit of crawl. 
Let's Until get onto a bit of crawl. Right, let's get the old uh, let's get the old trailer fired up here. Beyond our time, beyond our universe, there is a planet besieged by alien invaders. Where a young king must rescue his love from the clutches of the beast. Or risk the death of his world. A world called Krull. To this world have come the Slayers. And their... If you consent to be my queen, I will halt the attacks of the Slayers. Their increase has taken the planet by force. Their inhuman savagery has got to be stopped. And these are the ones who must stop it. Thieves. Let's just kill them and be done with it. Warriors. Wizards. A changeling. That rudeness. I think I'll turn you into a goose. A cyclops. That's the second time you've saved my life. A child. A king. I give fire to one. It will not return except from the hand of the woman I choose as my wife. Unlikely allies. Well, you heard him. We are now an army. Battling an unbeatable enemy. For the life of the Princess Lissa. He's too powerful. And the freedom of the planet Kroll. Courage lives in many worlds. But the bravest of all is Kroll. A world light years beyond your imagination. Light years beyond your imagination. That's sick at old crow. So they come out in 1983 and it's directed by Peter Yates. It's got 6.1 on IMBD. And uh, synopsis for this is a prince and a fellowship of companions set out to rescue his bride from a fortress of alien invaders who have arrived on his home planet. It's starring Ken Marshall, Lisa Anthony, Bernard Breslau, Freddie Jones, and Todd Carter and Alan Armstrong. Um, so when did you watch this for the first time then, Mark? What do you remember about it? Um, <clears throat> I remember getting this movie on a, a grey rainy day. I was standing at my nan's house and uh, my nan took us down to the video shop. Remember those? I do indeed, mate. Yeah, how can I forget? <laughs> The good old smell of a video shop, man. It's just you can't beat <laughs> can't beat that stale, smoky atmosphere of a film shop. Good old picture shop. So you went down there. Sorry, mate. I was gonna say if my missus could come, well, get a bottle of like VHS yeah, as an aftershave and you know spray it on me, I'll be a happy person. <laughs> <laughs> So is that one of the is that one of the smells from the eighties that you uh one of the smells from the eighties, mate. I think that's what we should have called this podcast, Smells of the Eighties. Smells of the eighties. <laughs> Literally just crack open crack open an ex rental video case, like one of those plastic ones, big bulky thing, you just pull <laughs> open, you just smell that smoke and nicotine. <laughs> that's all I remember, like the the plastic smell from the VHS cover with with um like fused with smoke from the guys like chain smoking behind the desk and it was everywhere because 
I remember um, collecting you know these posters from VHS store. And they used yeah, to smell same. As well. mm. oh, same. I think, what was your <laughs> first poster that you got from the video shop? It was, um, believe it or not, it was Poltergeist. Nice. Yeah. How mm-hmm. old are you? Yeah. Oh, oh, you got me now. Probably about seven or eight years old, I think. Nice. I'm thinking now. But, um, yeah, I remember bringing that poster home and it was almost like it again it's like looking at an image and it's yeah. it scared me in a way you know, a little girl looking at tv but then you've also <laughs> got that what we're talking about the smell of the vhs store was actually on the poster and yeah. i can smell it now and it was all just this whole sort of eerie vibe it's it's hard to explain do you know what i mean I didn't even, it's, <laughs> it kind of sounds a bit crazy but it just takes me back to those times but anyway, getting back to Kroll, <laughs> getting, yeah, get getting out of that dirty old VHS video store. Yeah, Sorry, mate, you're telling me get about this that. film. Yeah, get out of that shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, so you're watching this film. You said your nan, your nan got it for you. Yes, we went down to this, went down to the video shop with my nan, and it was a grey, rainy day. Uh, we picked up two movies. We picked up Kroll and Escape from Witch Mountain. Um, yeah. We brought them back, and yeah, I sat down. I had um, Nan made me some like cheese sandwiches. I just sat down on the carpet and I started watching the TV. And then, literally from the get-go, from from watching the Black Fortress fly through space, from then I was just hooked. Absolutely, yeah. I just the 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 theme music, James Horner's theme music, and just I was just captivated. I mean, as an eight-year-old kid, I just there was there was nothing better out there, nothing better. For the first time I saw this film was um, I saw a trader clip on was it Saturday morning TV was it like yeah. a swap shop or something like that right um, and I saw that it was a little clip of when they're in the swamp and yeah. they're being attacked by the um, slayers and I just saw it, it was only like a like a minute and a half around yeah. I was just like wow what is that film do you know what I mean and uh-huh. um, so. I remember going down to the video shop and then seeing the VHS box set with that cover art. Yeah, the cover so, art is astonishing. Oh, that's amazing, isn't it? Just astonishing. Um, yeah, so it it's um, I hear this mentioned a lot on Facebook where people say they look at the image of the VHS. Yeah. And they've already seen the film or they've seen in their mind how that film's going to roll out just by looking at that front sort of cover. How? how? Um, it's just, uh, I guess it's just the imagine the imagination we had back then, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I it's mean, crazy. There are so many people in this world that I talk to about Kroll, mm. and no one has an idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it it, 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 yeah. it makes me sad. It, it legitimately makes me sad because, yeah, okay, I'm going to be very positive about the movie because it had a huge impact on me when I was a child. But even growing up, when I used to talk to some people about Kroll, people would be like, what? And they, no one would know. And to be honest with you, there's only a handful of people in this world that I've spoke to who have actually seen the movie Kroll. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's it's quite a good conversation when you get you meet someone like yourself or like me that has seen it and has that appreciation of the movie. Um, because I do... is. Let's let's get this out of the way first. This this is an underrated film, and it didn't do very well at the cinema, did it? 
Um, no, it didn't. And it didn't. It's, it, it cost about 30 million. I think it only made about 60 yeah. back. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, not a lot of people like the film. Um, no, they don't. It's, you know, it's, but then when you look at this film, um, when you really look at it, you think, is there another film like this out there? Can, can you? Can, no. I was when I was watching it. Um, I actually watched it the other night, or like, was it night before last? I was watching it. I actually thought it's funny because when you're sort of taking notes and you're really looking, at it, you think, I can't think of another film like Crow. You know, you've got that sort of fantasy and sci-fi. I, I just can't think yeah. of it. You know, there's nothing else. I can't. I can't think of it. The only way that you can think of a movie like Crow is if you combine certain movies. So if you combine Star Wars to Lord of the Rings, or if you were to yes. combine, if you were to combine, um, uh, like I don't know, um, if you were to combine, if you comp- if you were to combine, um, I had a really good one earlier. Um, but yeah, if you like Lord of the Rings and, and Star Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, like that's the only way that you're going to get a movie like this. But this has everything inside it already. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the um, the attention to sort of detail with the artwork and things like that. Um, there's some scenes in there. It's like you remember those sort of those old fantasy books you used to get in the 80s. Those hardback sort of coffee table books. You open them up and it take you into sort of like a fantasy world. Um, Will you play games with this? The book? No, no, not Will those. It was the dice? Just, um, dice roll books. I know the ones you're talking about. But no, this one's. Like, I've got it downstairs. It's. Um, uh it's like sort of world it, science fiction and um, different worlds and things like that i've got it downstairs but the artwork in it is very similar to um crow where there's okay. that combination of um sci-fi yeah and um fantasy like you say but um but like we like we said before in pre you know in our sort of sort of pre-production um i think the films which if you're talking about like a sort of MCU universe like that you've got now, especially with like Marvel and things like that, um, the two other films I think that could relate to this is Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan. Yep. And um, Battle Beyond the Stars. Yep. And so if you if you put Kroll in the mix of those three films and yeah. you look at what they're dealing with, you know they've. Um, with these, you know, the bad guys, there's an invasion in one of those films. It's the same with this. Mm-hmm. You could almost have, um, I could see sort of Prince Colwyn teaming up with Captain Kirk. Imagine the Starship Enterprise is like pulling up to Earth and, and uh, well, to crawl. Because it, yeah. it is, it is a, a planet that would be in that system. It sounds like a planet that would be in like, the Star Trek it, universe. It, it absolutely would be, yeah. Could you imagine them beaming down to crawl? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it would be, it would be like, oh my gosh! I mean, it would Star be like 21, 21.50, I've come onto a planet. It's got a fortress on it and a glaive, <laughs> <laughs> and a, oh, and, a and a glaive and a fucking glaive. <laughs> a glaive, man. Yeah. I mean, how awesome is that? It's just. It's so good, man. It's so good. Uh, it's a it's a great concept to have uh, because it, it definitely would be a, a world within Star Trek. Definitely. Yes, and I've got it a lot would of, be, absolutely. I've got a lot of time for for Star Trek. I really do. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think the Rafik Khan is a standalone type movie. Um, but again, it's a, 
uh, the other two movies got a score by James Horner, so that, I think that's kind of what amalgamates it for me when I watch the other movies. And it's got the same um, special effects, um, obviously coming out around about the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, was 82, Crawl was 83. And Battle Beyond the Stars, I think that was 1980, wasn't it? I think that just came out just sort of on the rim of the 70s. Um but yeah, just amazing films. But um, yeah, getting starting this film off then. So we got the um, we got the amazing intro, haven't we? I mean, it just it it just draws you in instantly, doesn't it? The start of this film. Hundred um, percent. It's like a fan. You got that 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 regal fanfare that just kicks off, uh, and, and it just keeps you like it keeps you intrigued and entertained. And all of a sudden, James Horner's just goes off on one. And you just look, it just builds the film perfectly. And all of a sudden, you got this. I mean, if that doesn't draw attention to the film, what will? That's that's what we had when we were kids. Like you heard mm-hmm. that, you were like you you sat down, your ears perked up, and you looked. You looked at the TV. If that was kicking off on the TV, you looked. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd seem to remember uh, rewinding that just to listen to that soundtrack. Just how good it was, you know. And um, still, even to this day, I'm in love with that that soundtrack. I've got it on vinyl downstairs. The limited edition, uh, mate. You should keep that. It's a lot worth yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. So the um, so we've got the fortress and it lands on the planet Kral, which has got um, two suns. And then you've got a... You need lots of tongue cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know how that works, but... Um, and then you've kind of got... Um, is it Freddie Jones, isn't it? He's, he's doing a... He's, he's talking about the sort of legend of... The old, the old one. The old one. Yeah, see, it's like crow. It's like there's only one old bloke on that planet. (laughs) (laughs) On the entire planet, it's like when Colwyn says, "Oh, you must be the old one." It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the only old bloke on this planet. (laughs) Um, I love love his voice. I love his voice. What I love about the cast of this movie, what I love about the cast of this movie, is that they are all classically trained. So you you really get that eloquent English accent that that really comes out, and it, and that's what makes this film even more brilliant, even much 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 more better than what it could be because it's English, it's British, the British movie. Yeah, that's right. Because he's um, Freddie Jones. Is, um, he's got a name. I think his name's called Yenur in it. Yenur. Yenur. Uh, What's your name? Yenur. Um, he is like the Obi Wan Kenobi character, isn't he? Like from Star Wars, I think that's kind of what they're they're getting at there. He's like the wise man who's going to um, show the prince kind of what to do in this this situation. I'm sorry, but if you were to have a fight between Freddie Jones and and Sir Alec Guinness, who would win? <laughs> oh man, I think it might be uh, Obi Wan Kenobi with a lightsaber somehow. I don't know. Yeah, just, just I, you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's a poor accent. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to try and make an accent. I'll leave that down to you. 
Go on, no, yeah, okay, all right, fine, fair enough. I'll ask you to do an accent now and again, but I've got some good oh, ones. Coming mate, up. I've, got, I've, got, I've got some good ones coming up for you near, mate. When we get there, right, I'll do some accents. Don't ask me to do an accent, man. Okay. <laughs> I'll leave that down to you. All right, okay. Well, I've, um, got, some, I've got some coming up, mate. So when, when we get to some Yenir stuff, I'll do some more. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll leave that down to you. Cool. So, yeah, you've got the fortress that's landed and yeah. you've kind of got the backstory of there's going to be a marriage um, yeah. between Prince Colwyn and Lizette. The castle uh, wedding. Yeah. The castle wedding. So that goes ahead. And then there's um, there's obviously an invasion by the, the beast. Is He's henchmen, isn't it? The um, slayers. Yes. Um, and it kind of goes a little bit like um, Robin Hood here, I thought, when I watched it, you know, like the old Errol Flynn movies where Colwyn's kind of fighting with his sword against these slayers and cutting rope and sort of flying up in the air. He did a lot of training for this for this uh, part. Uh, yeah, apparently he did, yeah. He did a lot of um, uh, weightlifting, boxing. I think he did yeah, some martial arts. So he got himself yeah, in good shape. He did, he did. And then you've got the slayers, and they've got these, um, was it like weapons that fire out, like one laser at a time, and then they sort of turn the weapon around, and then they sort of use it as a sword or something, and then there's all these lasers coming off it, which I thought would work See, quite this, well. Actually, it's quite good. I thought it worked quite well, but again, this is the thing that blew my mind, because you've got this swashbuckling story with swords and tridents and lances, and then all of a sudden you've got a fucking laser. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what the fuck? Well, I've never noticed it before because when you're looking at a film to review it, you look at it a little bit closer and they, they've actually got like spears coming out. Yes. With lasers around them. So I think they just sort of spear through you and that's why they only get like one shot at a time. Um, and they also look the like. They, yeah. Another thing about the slayers, they're like, they're like stormtrooper goblins. Yeah. I think that's what they were going for, wasn't it? Um, and they've also got like a rank structure about them, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? Well, some of them have got like one horn, um, and they they do look like they've got uh, their sort of individual characters about them. Mm. Um, and when they die, they probably, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they die, they make that horrendous noise. And do you know where that noise comes from? When I looked on the trivia, no. No. Have you ever seen a film with Peter Cushing called At the Earth's Core? Yes, I have. You remember they got that mole? It's pretty cheap. Start the crawl the banks, David. <laughs> that's a good accent. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my Peter Cushing accent. Oh, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> um, you remember those um, those like crows that they've got it in that cave? Yep. It's a pretty screwed up movie, but the noise that they make is the noise that the slows make when they <laughs> dock. <apparently. Yeah. laughs> yeah. Whatever the hell that is, you know, you watch it, it's like kills it and then this like slug or something comes out of the head. Yeah, the it? slug comes out the head and into the ground, but it just disappears. It's pretty cool, man, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's a pretty I good effect, that. actually. Yeah, yeah. Because again, where have you seen that before? When something dies, like it's the only other thing I can think of is Wrath of Khan is when they put the cat those caterpillar things in the ears and when they die it just crawls back out of the ear again. Yeah, the eels, isn't it, or whatever? Yeah, that's it. That's a pretty uh, screwed up scene as well, actually. (laughs) Thinking about it. It Um, 
so yeah, so the princess has been taken away. She's taken to the fortress, and um, yeah. Prince Colwyn is left for dead. Yes, he um, is. until we Yenir. get the meeting with Yanir, the old one the old on the one. planet Pro. <laughs> and um, we get this scene right here, right now. Can you lead me to it? You must have help. I'll find Ben on the way. In the fortress, you will face more than the slayers. You will face the beast who is their leader. He could be killed. Perhaps. But no man has ever seen him and lived. I think that's it. <laughs> man, I tell you, I do... I do like I do like um his voice. I think um Freddie Jones, his voice is, is just decent. It's just really good. It is very Alec Guinness, I must admit, but Yeah. It's very Yeah, it's very serious, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Do you think he talks like that yeah. all the time? Or was that just in, in acting mode or is it? That's acting mode, that is definitely. Can you imagine just tapping on the shoulder and saying, Can you, sh- can you help me with some directions, please? <laughs> Yes, it's that way. Yeah. That's the way you need to go. Excuse me. Excuse <laughs> I me. I would that. like some direction. <laughs> the I mean, post I've, office I've... is down there. <laughs> I've, performed I've performed on the stage before, and um, some of the people that you meet on, you know, in like your, your, your in your theatre group, like they just have like normal voices, like me or like you or like anybody else. When they get on I've the stage, I've never been told I've had a normal voice before, Mark. Sorry. When you, yeah, when you get on the stage and when you start acting or when you start quoting lines of books, like you just change your voice, like in, in an instant, like it, you yeah. just change it and you do it. It's a natural thing for some people. Sometimes it sounds really good, and some people put too much emphasis into it, and it uh, it doesn't sound that great. But I think <laughs> Freddie Jones is is hit hit it on the nail. Yeah, he's um, he does a bit. Of, he does the voice acting as well, doesn't he? He's in another film. Um, I think I posted it on Facebook the other day. It's uh, the Black Cauldron. Good film. Uh, the Disney film. film. He's in that. He, I can't remember who he plays now, but uh, um, but I know he's, he does voice acting. That he's also got a son called Toby Jones. Do you know Toby Jones, the actor? Nope, I don't know. No. Um, I have done. But... So check him out on Google. He turns up. Uh, on different parts in in movies, but um, but yeah, nice, no, uh, incredible voice. But um, yeah, so Prince Colwyn has teamed up with Yuna and he's told him about this glaive, and he's now got to climb a mountain to go and um, retrieve this uh, kick-ass weapon. He climbs for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Again, I was watching it the other night, and I thought, "How does he know where it is?" <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's up on the mountain. He's like he's in the Rocky Four montage. <laughs> in the burning heart. <laughs> <laughs> in the burning heart. <laughs> and then, like before he goes up, you know, goes, you know, why not make it back? Like that is it. How do I know if I can, you know? If it's not going to kill me, well, you won't. It's like, okay, I'll go and get it anyway, and I'll see what happens. Yeah. So he reaches Uh, the top. He reaches the top of the uh, the mountain, and he he goes inside. He sees the glaive and all of its glory, but there's one obstacle that's preventing him from reaching it. 
Yeah. Lava. Some hot, hot and lava. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, what do you do when you see hot molten lava? That's right. Just put your hand in it. <laughs> Give it a go. Just stick around. Yeah. Uh, it to, seems to work. Just going up to your forearm. And um, I suppose that's got something to do with the fire thing in the beginning, is it? Do you think it's because it, when he was going to get married to Lissa, they were going to exchange hands and there was something to do with fire, wasn't there? So um, I guess it's got something to do with that. Take the fire from my hand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So he gets this glove, and this is the bit that makes me laugh. He's climbed all the way up the mountain, come back down, and he's going, yep, I've got it. Let's go and kill the beast. And, he, and he's just gone to throw it, hasn't he? Because I'll probably yeah. do the same. I'll think, yeah, I've got this glove. I will give it a go now. Yeah. He goes, and then he goes, no, only use it when you really have to. Yes, right, okay. Yeah, it is. Like, he's like, no, do not use it until you need it. But you'd think it'd be on a little bit of practice with it, wouldn't you? You know, just, oh, God, I just want to, you know, Give it a fry. Play a bit. Of, should we play a bit of frisbee? You know, just, exactly. you know play a little bit of catch. It's like having <laughs> football, not being able to kick it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, that's it. So, but it's a pretty cool weapon. And then they um, do a little bit more travelling, don't they? And then they come across um, the wizard. Oh, go the magnificent, isn't it? Yeah. At the waterfall. At the waterfall. I'm drowning. <laughs> it's the geezer out of the, I've only ever seen this bloke in China in the chocolate factory yes that is then, I, um, yes he, he's the teacher he's the teacher he's the teacher he's like how many, chocolate, how many, bars how many chocolate bars have you eaten he's like two yeah. two hundred that's easy two I can't work out about two <laughs> yes yeah, let's do two hundred <laughs> apart from being dreadfully sick <laughs> <laughs> he's a great he's like I say I've only ever seen him in these two films but um, he seems like a good character actor doesn't he yeah he, he's good I did, I did like him in this so then he's um, he, he's a wizard but he's not very good at it is he? he's like trying to turn him into he's trying to print Prince Cole into a duck or something and he, so he's he's got a little bit of spells about him isn't he um and then we meet the Cyclops for a brief period, and we just see Rel. a little bit of um, Rail, wasn't it? Who is um, uh, Bernard Breslau, isn't it, from the Carry On films? That's right. Yeah. I feel sorry for the uh, Cyclops. I feel sorry for the Cyclops. Um, I feel yeah, very, he's... Very sorry. I feel sorry for the Cyclops, but I, at the same time, I don't feel sorry for the Cyclops. Because the because of the eye because you know the reason why he became that him and his race became cyclopses right yeah because he gave up one eye to be able to see into the future didn't he with the I think that was with the beast wasn't it yes that's right because um, again Yanir was talking about uh, the cyclops and uh, they said he says they gave up one of their eyes to see into the future but they were cheated. For the future, they could only are permitted to see is the one of their own death, and that yeah, and that's it. That is that that's that's greedy. That's greed on my part. I think I, I see well, greed. Okay, with I got you. Uh huh. 
I see through with that. I do understand why they want to see the future because they want to see everything like great in in the future and they can avoid things. But you know, I think to see into the future, there there are a few loopholes they didn't sort of close off or like write down. You know, we want to see into the future and see nice things, not just my own fucking death. So he kind of got his fingers burned, didn't he, big time? All they did. Um, so yeah, so that's right, people. If you see the beast and he offers you that deal, don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but no, I, I, do, I don't know what I mean. Maybe Cyclops, offer a finger. Is, Maybe offer a finger. Don't use your eyes. Yeah. Uh, hey, how about, what do I get if I give you the top part of my little finger? <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. And, um, so where were we? Where so were we? I was just going to say the Cyclops. When again, when I was watching it the other night, he is a bit of a badass, isn't he? Because he he is the guy that will save save your ass. When he when it comes to it, um, you know, and he's got that spear and he, you know, it's pretty pretty cool. It's, um, yeah, that spear is interfering. That's it. Just and it, as as he throws it, it's got a it's got a sound proper sound effect behind it, isn't it? It goes through the edge, boom, straight into one of the <laughs> Oh man, I, bet I, I actually wouldn't mind having that as me sort of text alert on my phone. <laughs> What's that noise? It's, uh, it's a cyclops spear going for a slayer. <laughs> what the hell's that? Just <laughs> say watch crawl. Yeah, just watch watch crawl and you'll find out. <laughs> oh dear. So anyway, they move on, don't they? And then they go through a a shortcut, um, and then they come across the um, like the bandits. bandits. Yeah. Bandits. And that's the little clip that I've got at the beginning. Um, and we meet, uh, is it Torquil, um, Liam Neeson? I mean, there's some there's some actors in this group, isn't there, when you watch it? Oh, there, is, there are so, some good, good actors. And I, I knew straight away, when I first watched this film, you know the Torquil character, Alan, Alan Armstrong? Yes. He's, Hun, he's like the Han Solo character for me, you know what I mean? I, it's like, I knew straight away that this guy was going to make it all the way to the end. Do you know what I mean? Just the way he was, you know. It's, yeah. It's the way he was talking. and He just seemed like a proper badass. Yeah. He reminded me of, um, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? Timothy Dalton and Flash Gordon. Ah, that's, you know what? That's a good shout. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, he's got that sort of um, sort of broadness about him, isn't he? Yeah. It's he's like broad. Like a like a, he's got an air about him. Yeah, he's he's going to help you out, but he's probably going to try and look after his own skin as well. Um, yeah. But then he, he he does pull through in the end, and he's he's he is actually a good guy. But then he's like a he's like an anti-hero, isn't he? I suppose they all are, aren't they? But, yeah. Um, but that's the other film. Like that's the other thing I like about this film is this bit. When I watched it, I thought it's he is going to rescue. A princess, and he's got a group of badasses to go and help him get the princess back. And I just thought that is that is, you know, that's just <laughs> amazing. So, ah, um, but yeah, so they um, so he offers them the deal, doesn't he? Um, yes, his friend, he, offer, he offers them the freedom, his freedom. If they find him, you've got like 10 bandits against like two people, two or three people. <laughs> You know, it's quite it's quite a ludicrous, lucrative, lucrative uh, deal, isn't it? 
when you've got 10 men, you can just take over the three people and then just fuck off and just like be free anyway. It could have gone the other way, couldn't it? This whole situation could have gone the other way. I reckon they could have taken Prince Colwyn out, nicked all his gear and just moved on, couldn't they? And that was like, that, that's it. The yeah, they could have had the glaive. Yeah, it could have gone the other way. Exactly. <laughs> it could have done. But it does, does it? No, it doesn't. The, so um, they, they join the crew. They join the crew. Yeah. Um, and then they, they persevere. They move on. And then they encounter the seer. That's right. Yeah, that's it. They've got to go, yeah, to the seer and find out where the, the beast fortress is, isn't it? Because he's got, even though he's like a blind wizard, isn't he? He can see yes. where things are. Yes. Um, and he has a, a little apprentice called Titch. Little Titch, that's right. Hello. And I think he's got a bit of a voice as well, isn't he? I see an old friend. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> And they go through the cave, don't they, into his um, like grotto. That's right. Um, he tries to help him out, doesn't he? Um, he does. Tries to tries to find out where it is, but it doesn't happen, does it? It's sort of everything seems to blow up, and there's like a sort of gush of wind that blows everybody over, doesn't it? So yeah, then the beast's <laughs> hand just comes in and just crushes the uh, the the the, the, the all seeing uh, instrument, and then yeah. They can't see the. They can't see where the the fortress is going to appear next in twenty four hours. That's it. So then they come up with another plan, don't they? And they've got to go to a swamp because it's right. in the swamp. It's an area where the beast can't track well, them. Well, I suppose it's it's where you can't get any Wi Fi, isn't it? The old Basically, beast yeah. in those times, isn't it? You know the signal's mean? weak. The signal's weak in the swamp. <laughs> Quick, head for the quicksand. <laughs> if you go to the quicksand. That little area there by three tree trunks, you can't get the Wi-Fi, so you can go there. That's fine. So, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, goes, yeah that's it. <laughs> On the planet Kroll, this one little place, that's where, you, where you've got to go. <laughs> yeah, don't so, um, <laughs> and I, this is a great scene. This this is probably one of my favourite scenes um, in the film, The Swamp. Okay. Because of the way it's all set up. I mean, I don't want it. It's just the whole thing about it, you know, when they're just walking along. And I've got, got a little clip here, I'll play it. That's it, man. There you go. You've got that slayer noise at the end of it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. This is so good. Nah, brilliant. I just think it's a great scene. Um, and obviously they lose a few of the members, don't they? There's a two of them. They lose one or two men along the way, don't they? You know, so sort of people start dropping. They do. They get um, bum-rushed. They get bum-rushed in the swamp. Yeah, big, big time. And then you've got... Um, and then they start sinking into the swamp, don't they? Which yes. um, is the part where 
Uh, is it the wizard guy gets taken over by a changeling, doesn't he? Yeah, the so. seer gets take over, taken over by a changeling. And I tell you what, seeing this, seeing this scene when I was a kid, man, mm. I don't know how it affected you, but I saw this, I saw this scene, and it freaked me out, man. Yeah, yeah. And like, and he it's... tried to dispose of the body in the sand. I was mm-hmm. like, fuck. It was horrible. I was an eight-year-old kid. My nan, mm-hmm. my nan was like, "Yeah, what's this? This will cheer you up." You know, it's like <laughs> I'm watching. I'm like, "Fuck, you know, nan." Are you right in there, Mark? Like my, younger brother, yeah. my, my younger brother. My younger brother. My yeah, my younger brother was like four years old, and he ran out of the room when he saw the uh, the black eyes. <laughs> he ran out of the room. Yeah, thanks for that. I just got cinema trauma out of this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, if it for, to be honest with you, RJ, um, if it was, if it were, wasn't for moments like that growing up, you know, by seeing mm. movies like that, my nan like put upon me, and she also put upon me uh, uh, Return to Oz. Again, dark oh, movie. That's, you know, that's a pretty screwed up movie, isn't it? Yeah, see, these <laughs> movies, these movies I watched, Escape from Witch Mountain. Um, these movies I watched when I when I was young, like it just gave me a, a more of a rounded fascination as to into into horror and just dark movie making, really. And just it just it's just where I it's where I my one of my interests have always been. So I guess it's thanks uh, thanks to my nan. <laughs> <laughs> I love the movies I love. Yeah, um, no, you're absolutely right. It just, um, like I say, it fires up your imagination, doesn't it? It yeah. takes those little bits of cotton wool away from you. And, you know, just to experience little bits of um, movie horror like that. Yeah. Um, but again, like I say, it's um, it, it's a little introduction into horror fantasy, isn't it? And it's kind of what we are today, isn't it, really? Uh, um, yeah, some, but again, it's some great, practical special effects as well isn't it uh, um orchestrating all those scenes um with the sort of sound effects and the visual effects and all that uh, yeah but yeah now it's a pretty pretty messed up bit that um yeah i like that bit it is a messed up bit uh, but best, the best bit about that is when uh when, when when the changeling grabs um uh colwyn around the back of the neck and rel sprints through the swamp and the forest and he throws his trident yeah Buries yeah. it into the back of the changing before he manages to kill Colwyn. That was a good scene. <laughs> that was a good scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he goes running through the swamp, doesn't he? And just chucks it. And, um, yeah, I think Col- I think Colwyn needs to swap the glaive for that spear, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? Because that spear is doing some serious work. I think mean, he'd probably give- chuck that into the beast. Just get the Cyclops to go and rescue the um, princess. He'll probably go and sort it out. <laughs> Do you know when the when the changeling dies in in the in the uh, in the movie? His mm-hmm. face his face like blisters up like he's got um, like the bubonic plague. And yes, yeah. He kind of like falls into the floor, and this the noise carries on, and you just see this old man's face and his head just get sucked into the quicksand. Like, these images mm. like that that stay with me for a fucking long, my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Even even now, yeah, when I watch that, I know you're right. It's just it's it's a pretty horrific scene, actually. It's a very horrific uh, scene. When you've got the alien scene, the alien music, like sorry, the alien uh, death sound carrying on over that, it's just uh, it's horrible, horrible. I think that's the thing, though, because because it's the same with um, I always say with animated films. Yeah, animated films can get away with it a little bit more with horror because of it's because it is an animated film. 
And I think this, because it's got sci-fi fantasy element, they put those two together, and this film does have a horror element, but because it's got the two other elements in it, um, it's almost like you're allowed to do it. But if this film was just a, a standalone horror movie, it would yeah. be a horror movie, wouldn't it, with those scenes, and you'd be putting an 18 certificate on this film going, oh, my God, that's terrible. Um, but, yeah. Um, so what happens after this? We've got the... They escape so, the quicksand. They escape, they escape, they escape the quicksand. Then they, they set up... They guys. They set um, up camp. They set up camp, and Yanir decides to go and find the White Widow. That's right. Yeah. That's it. And we find out that Liam Neeson's got about eight wives or something like that, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Just chuck that one in there. <laughs> He's got eight wives, goes off and gets some food. That's it. Ch- Charms one of the ladies, doesn't he? Keegan. You know, he gets, gets his little bit of, uh, that's it, Keegan, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's, ch- he's charming one of the ladies. Isn't Woman, he? bring me oh. food. Uh, he, goes, he says something like, out of, out of all my wives, you're my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> and his oh, wife, wife's helper tries to tries to seduce and kill kill Colwyn. Remember? That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. He's he's uh yeah. He's got a little bit of a, I think he's got a little bit of a temptation there, hasn't he, old Colwyn? Oh, definitely. Um, he's, he's he's a handsome chap. You know, what I mean, he, he's a player. Yeah. <clears throat> I think he's he a little bank, bit of the mahogany there, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But whilst all this is going on, um, oh, Yanir's, he goes to the, was it the Widow of the Web? Yes, the Widow of the Web. This is like a sort of human sacrifice, last chance to try and find out where this fortress is, isn't it? And um, he yeah. kind of falls to the sword a bit, doesn't he, for all the guys? Yeah, um, he could obviously sense that things were things were stacked against him and this was, this was a, a good way out. This is a good way to try and... Uh, save the galaxy yeah and um, I think there's like a little bit of redemption isn't there between him and the widow of the web because they've got some past history and they like that was his they do, they do. but one one of the best things about this scene is when um, Yanir encounters the, the cave and goes into the cave and then you can just you can see this like cocoon in the middle and this before Go back to when you were like eight years old and you had no idea about this scene and you go through this cave and you just see all this like silken like ropes and you're like, well, mm. you know, what's all this then? Is he has to is he got to go for an obstacle course to get to the to the centre? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, <laughs> this white spider just comes out of nowhere and you're like, yeah. holy shit! And you're like, get to the fucking centre. Even that will get the fuck out. And this spider, <laughs> you just the spider's making his little. This that's noise. A, that's a good impression, actually. It makes this noise. It's like it's like mm. it's like really silent ticking noise in the background, and you can see this like red bit inside the the spider, and you're shitting yourself. And, I mean, you 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 just don't want to be there. It's a really uncomfortable scene. If if you if oh, you yeah. if you're someone that has arachnophobia, it's a very uncomfortable scene to watch. I'd imagine. Yeah, that's not the place you want to be, is it? Um, no. And I think that is is that like stop motion. Yes, it is. I was watching it, it's, it's, it is, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's incredibly good stop motion, which yeah, is, the guy, I can say, it's not, um, 
it wasn't Harry Hewson or anything like that, was it? Did that... No, it was um, it was actually it was actually a guy called Stephen Archer, and Stephen Archer worked with uh, Ray Harryhausen on a few right. of his movies. But uh, Ray Harryhausen actually personally recommended uh, Stephen Archer to to work on the movie. So if it wasn't for Ray Harryhausen recommending Stephen Archer, who he'd worked with, we wouldn't have got that stop motion. Uh, so yeah, it's right. a guy called Stephen Archer who'd worked with him. Yeah, like I say, it's a great scene, and I think they probably spent a lot of work on that, didn't they, for the movie? Um, because uh, I think the trivia is they made about twenty-three different um, sets for this movie all round in different places. Um, Most in Pinewood, right? That's right. The Double um, O Seven stage at Pinewood, um, and there's also I went to visit it last year with my daughter, uh, Black Park okay. up in Buckinghamshire. That's okay. where they filmed some of the scenes for Crow, um, the the grotto scene, and yeah. the scene at the beginning when the um, slayers invade the um, the castle. Um, but yeah, so he yeah he talks to the widow of the web, doesn't he? Um, and he he has to sort of sacrifice himself. He's only got a certain amount of time to get. He finds out where where the um, Fortress is going to be, but then he's got that sort of egg timer, isn't it? Which gets broken, and he's only got a limited amount of time to get back out and then tell Prince Colwyn where it is. So he's kind of effectively fallen on the sword for him, isn't he? <laughs> basically, you know? basically, yeah. But what 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 I found what I found really um, like powerful about this scene is just before he gets to the cocoon, he starts climbing. He starts climbing. The spider comes out. And he knows that he's not going to meet, get into the cocoon. He's going to be suspended in the spider's web, ready for the spider to take. And he just calls her name. And funnily enough, Lissa, he goes, Lissa! <laughs> Lissa! And she's like, who speaks that name? And Yanir's like, it is I, Yanir! And then she just says, I give you this time. And then that time she, he takes to get to the cocoon and then he starts speaking to her. And it's an it's an old flame from way back. He got her pregnant. She killed the baby. She has now been banished to this cocoon. This is this huge spider web. That is her, her mm. fate. Um, and, you yeah, know, they've got a lot, like you mentioned before, they've got a lot of unfinished business. And he forgives her and uh, she smashes the, uh, the the hourglass or the, the glass. And then she pours the sands of time into his hands. And like you That's mentioned, right. yeah. like you mentioned, like, um, the, sand, the sands of time is actually his time. So once the sand runs out in his hand after it's been out of the glass, he dies. Mm, so he has got he, of- that sand in his hand all the way from the cocoon trying to escape the spider's web get out of the cave try to get back to the crew that he's left at the fireplace uh, where they set up camp sand um falling out of his hand because if that sand fall, falls out then they'll never know where the black fortress he's, he's done for he, he is he's he's having a bit of an eddie murphy mo- moment from the golden child isn't he <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh, i want to find where the fortress is you know, and he's, yeah. he's got uh, that glass uh, of water, uh, uh, hasn't he? Uh, the fortress is. <laughs> he's, he's got that glass of water, hasn't he? That's right, he, he can't spill a drop. Don't spill a drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Escape. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He gets back to the uh, camp. Yeah. He, he dies after, after revealing the Black Fortress ca- uh, location. And he gives it a one, one, one last 
Freddie Jones. It's in the Iron Desert. <laughs> it's just pumps it right out. <laughs> I just um, when it, when he says where you know it's in the Iron Desert, I mean if you compare it to like, the Sahara Desert on the planet Earth, that's a big, pretty big place, isn't it? It is a huge place. They sort of sort of narrow got... it down a little bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so they find out where the Black Fortress is, Yinir dies, and uh, Rel yeah. tries to capture some fire mares. Oh, yeah. Great scene. They can do, was it a thousand leagues in a day or something like that, wasn't it? Something, so, something like that. To, so these horses yeah. are galloping, they're galloping, they're galloping, they're galloping, and fire's coming out, and they're flying, and they're making good time to try and get to the Iron Desert to try and find this Black Fortress once it appears. And I've got a little scene here for that. Go for it. One second, let's punch that. I love that scene, isn't it? Uh, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. And, and lots, uh, yeah, lots, lots, just of comedy, about... lots of comedy and yeah. uh, just really good, really good scene. A heartwarming scene, I guess. It is a heartwarming scene because um, it's almost like they're just having one last good time together, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. and James Horner's music makes that makes that scene amazing. He makes it he makes it perfect. Gives me goosebumps every time I see it. It's just, just amazing because you just feel like you are riding one of those firemares, you know, in the sky. Every time I hear that music, it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, but you so, was just going to say, was it um, old Rail, wasn't it? He's, he's, he wasn't going to go and then he's changed his mind, didn't he? Yeah, he wasn't going to go, yeah. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't going to go. in the future, you know, just saying. Well, for, the reason why he didn't want to go is because he knew he was going to die. Oh, I see. So he's had a second thought. Yeah, so uh-huh. he was like, well, I'm not going to go now because if I go, then I die. But the fact that he stays means that his death, his next time he's going to die, is going to be more, is going to be worse than the time that he avoided death. Oh, I see. So if he, so if he avoids that, yeah, then he'll go on again and the next time he dies is going to be even worse. Is that right? Yes. So they, they yeah, can avoid death, but it just gets worse every time. Yeah, they, he can avoid death, but when they when when it is his turn to die, it will be worse than the worse than time before. Um, there's right. a, a there's a piece of dialogue in the movie where um, I think it's the kid. He's like, he knows he's like, won't you come? Ro? He's like, he, and the kid says, Titch says, he knows he will die if he doesn't hmm. go and accept his fate. He's his time of death will be much worse. That's what he says. So every time he avoids death, the next time he's going to die is going to be worse than the previous time. So, yeah, he decides not to go. And then in the end, he ends up going, knowing that he's going to die. I suppose he has a change of heart because he's thinking, if I'm going to die, then to go with these guys and to save a prince and a princess, that's probably going to be the noblest way I'm going to do it, I imagine. Yeah. yeah, so he's he's going to go out and you know, blaze a glory, isn't he, with those guys? Basically. But, so, yeah. they 
they they arrive at the Black Fortress. Yeah. Rel catches up. Um, they enter the Black Fortress. Um, there's a few battles inside. Really good battles. Um, there's a scene where a door is closing, and there's there's, there's it's kind of like two boulders or a boulder just coming into going to meet another piece of uh, like rock and there's no way that you can yeah. stop it anyway in comes roll the psych the cyclops and like we just mentioned before his next time that he's going to die is going to be much worse and he stands inside he stands in between this boulder and he's pushing with all of his might pushing trying to prevent this door from shutting while he gets all of the the bandits and colwyn and and uh and, and ergo and everyone into the building and by the time everyone gets in the boulder then crushes him so slowly that he dies. And then Torko sort of makes a vain attempt to try and save him, doesn't he, with his axe, doesn't he? He's yeah. just like trying to sort of stop it. but Yeah, just, you can't stop it. it. And, Rel, and Rel knew at that moment he was going to die, but he did it. He yeah. jumped in and he, he knew he was going to die, but he, he, he went in there, saved everyone, got everyone into the Black Fortress. Quite and then you've got, um, yeah, and you also lost a few guys as well, didn't you? Because uh, Robbie Coltrane, um, he gets killed, doesn't he, by one of those um, sort of laser spears. Yes, he does. Uh, so does Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson gets killed as well. Um, yeah. But then, you know, uh, Robbie Coltrane, didn't he? He, he actually comes out with uh, that last moment of, you know, he's, he's dying, but he says to Prince Colwyn, and he goes, look... Um, and I'm I'm a goner, but it was worth it. And he he says, you know, which is quite. Is that, you know, is that before he gets speared? That's after he's speared. It's Robbie Coltrane, he's he's dying, isn't he? And he just says yeah. to um, Colwyn, and he goes, yeah, it's worth it. So um, yeah. again, these these guys are kind of have. It's almost like there's a bit of a shot of redemption here, isn't it? Because they've been bad guys in the past, but they're just trying to sort, of, you know, think, oh, well, it was probably a good way to die, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, Liam Neeson dies, doesn't he? Um, yes, he does. Like I say, they all start sort of, all start dropping like flies at this point, don't they? They do, they do. Um, uh, that that um, tunnel with the uh, spikes that come out of the wall. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's a horrible, that's a horrible scene. Yeah, it's um, yeah. When I think about it, it's actually pre. This is pre Temple Doom as well, isn't it? Um, yes, it is. If, Temple, this 83, I think Temple Doom came out 84, did it the next year? So it's kind of done it first, isn't it? When you think about it, with the sort of spikes coming out and the room closing in. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing you can do. That that spike that goes into the stomach and he's he's trying to speak and talk and it's he can't do anything to prevent it. It just goes straight through him. Nice. No, slow uh, death. Uh, when, I, when I first watched this, I thought that Torquil and Torquay were going to lump it as well. Uh, yeah. I thought, is there anybody going to survive this? I thought Colwyn might survive. I thought he might just get the princess. But at, at this point, you don't think anybody's going to get through it. Um, so then Prince Colwyn, he's, um, he rescues a princess, doesn't he? And he, he finally gets to use the glaive, doesn't he? He so, does. Uh, I mean, he's, got, he's had this on his, on his side for, for so long. And he finally gets to use it. I mean, he could have prevented yeah. many people from dying throughout this movie. <laughs> had... Yunir, let him throw the frisbee. Let him throw the fucking glaive rather than warning him not to. Yeah, because when you see him use it, and I've got a little bit of a... <laughs> yeah. 
noise. <laughs> that's the noise right there. There it is. It, it works, doesn't it? Because he's got about six or seven of those slides, and he just throws the old glaive, doesn't he? Yeah. Boom. Off it does oh, its job, doesn't it? And he takes can it I, away. Can I have a go? Can I have a go? Can I have a go? Well, let me yeah, just throw go. it. Have a go, mate. You got it? Ready? I'm gonna ready. Oh, I'm gonna throw One, it now. Two, three, go. There you go. Now. Yeah, I might get oh, to throw it. It came, it came back. It came back. Is yeah, it? Yeah, you have it. Go. You have throw it go. back. Yeah, I'll throw it back now. <laughs> Watch your hand. There you go. Ah, fuck it. That nicked me. Ouch. Ah. Did it take your little fuck. finger off? Yeah, <laughs> fucking up. I need a plaster. Get your plaster, mate. <laughs> really hurt, man. There you go. So when you go to work and someone says, oh, what's that cut on your hand? You go, well, it's a glaive from Kroll, 1983. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, watch out! <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, pretty much everyone dies. He uses yeah. the glaive um, to do... Ergo turns into a tiger. They all get split up. the 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 floor uh, The floor splits. They get split up. Um, Colwyn uses the glaive. He manages to get Elissa, but the beast is not dead. No, you think he is, but he comes back again, doesn't he? He does. And the only way, and and, and Colwyn hasn't got the glaive. No. Colwyn so then they do the amalgamation don't they between him and the princess don't they they get the he gets a well gets an rj mccready flamethrower here doesn't he so uh <laughs> sort of out at the end of it <laughs> child burn it <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> burn it a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> cool, yeah. That was my flamethrower sound effect. Just pushing <laughs> the button. I'm just pushing the button now for the flamethrower effect. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, so he flames the beast, doesn't he? Sorts him out. Yeah, they use the fire of love to defeat the beast, and then they escape. And, and um, escape. That's it, and then he blows a hole with the fire, doesn't he, out of the fortress. Yeah, um, that's it. They use the fire love again. Uh, and then they end up in a green field, don't they? And they it's do. like it's, it's like that sort of um, magical fairy tale ending, isn't it? You know, it's covered when by they, grass they, and. They look back and they see the fortress disintegrating and falling upwards. Yeah, that's it. It's going back up into the sky, isn't it? All. Yeah. Um, and then um, Prince Colwyn says to Torquil, then he goes, uh, here's the key to take those manacles off. Only the Lord Marshal has that key. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> You've just been promoted, mate. Thank you very much. <laughs> Love that. Um, and then that's it, isn't it? And then that's the end. The, yeah, um, Colwyn and Alyssa, now the, now the king and queen of the combined kingdom. They're named Torquil as Lord Marshal, and the surviving heroes are depart across a field. That's it. And then you've got um, uh, Freddie Jones, isn't it? He gives it that sort of... 
and the children who rule the galaxy. Yes. <laughs> that the sun and the queen and her chosen king shall rule the galaxy. And then that's it. And then we've got the closing credits and some more James Horn. And that's it, guys. That's Crow, 1983. 1983. Uh, so I, me and Rick had done this before. Um, where hey, we hey, set... did someone to say my name? Hey, can, can I introduce Ricky Morgan here? Rick, are you here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, doing RJ? <laughs> well, well, dang, brother. <laughs> oh, dang. How you doing? This is, good. this is a good podcast. I just love the film Crawl. It's very good. Anyway, I just thought I'd pop in and say hello. Say hello to you, your new guest, uh, your podcaster, Mark. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, thanks, Rick, mate. How you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, RJ just got me on board. Yeah, just doing a little bit of a podcasting thing. You don't mind if I take your spot, do you? Ah, oh, no, no bother at all. It's no problem at all. You just carry on. Uh, it's good to have you here, Rick. It's, yeah, uh, you nice too, to buddy. On the show. <laughs> well, I'm going to try and take care of it for you, mate, all right? And if I can, I'll try and bring you back a drawing, all right? Okay, buddy. And I will see you soon, brother. <laughs> and I'll see you too, Duke. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Rick. That was nice. Yeah, yeah, Mark, that was nice of Rick to pop on the show, wasn't it? What a nice man. guy. Such a nice thing, yeah. as said, man. Such a nice thing. And uh, yeah, just... I've got big shoes to fill, obviously. But yeah, he's a nice guy. He, 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 I've no doubt that he will turn up again in I've... the future on the show. But yeah, I've got a strong feeling he will. <laughs> <laughs> so we do a little bit of a. Um, alternate 80s here so is there anything in the movie where you could possibly say see someone else play an act as, a, as an actor or different film director or something like that for this movie um wow that's a could, you, could you actually see anybody from the 80s around about this time play the role of say like prince colwyn that's a good question Gosh. Um, All right, I'll, I will help you out. I'll throw one in there. Oh, you, you, um, go, you go. The, when I watched it the other day, yeah. um, I thought of a, another director that could do this film was uh, actually Terry Gillingham. Okay. Um, the guy that did Time Bandits. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just got that sort of vibe about it. I think he could probably take a film on like this. Probably have a different approach, probably be a different movie. Same same sort of movie, but probably a little bit darker in some places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could certainly see him tackle it. Okay. Um, but I thought about the Prince Colwyn character. I couldn't actually think of anybody else. I don't. Oh, I, don't I don't. I know Ken Marshall. I don't think he went on to get go and do anything else. But I couldn't actually see anybody else take on this role. Oh, me neither. I think he was good, good casting. But it's a shame after I think he didn't. He wasn't in another movie for like four years after the um, this movie came out. Was he not? I don't even know what else he did. To be honest with you, um, I think he turned no, up. No, I in... think he was in. I think he was in a uh, a series. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't really think of anything else that he's he's really been in. To be honest, I think he might have turned up in a couple of episodes, like the A Team or something like that. Yeah, I uh, think you're right. I think I read that somewhere. I did read that. Um, like little sort of bit rolls, but um, but no, I kind of um, I did think about it before we did the episode. You know, with the alternate eighties, 
But it was only the film director that I could think of. Um, but in terms of actors, I wouldn't really change anybody. Uh, or just no. keep it like it is. Yeah, I I wouldn't change either. To be honest, I think um, yeah. I think I think he's a good bit of casting. Uh, yeah, Marshall, definitely. And I think if that was me as an actor, like we said before, I'll take that with you. If there was one film that you did in yeah. your career as an actor, and you made one, and it was, that was it, you go, yeah, I was in Crow. And people go, what was that? <laughs> what, yeah. what movie? What? <laughs> I mean, the only other person I could think of to play um, to play uh, Colwyn would be oh man, what's his name? Patrick Wayne from Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. Oh, now you're talking. That's a good show. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can, I can see that. Ken Marshall is yeah. a bit young. Is a lot younger than Patrick Wayne. But uh, yeah, Patrick Wayne was a fucking good, good actor in Sinbad. Actually, yeah, he, was awesome. yeah. he was awesome. But no, I, I, could, I would, in fact, no, I would actually say I'd like to see Patrick Wayne tackle um, the role of Colwyn. That's a good shout. I really, yeah, now, now you talk about it. Yeah, that's actually, um, yeah, I could see him do that. that um, he's, he is that sort of um, swashbuckling type character, isn't he? Exactly. Uh, well, it's, it's proven in the pudding from Sinbad. But there again, would it be quite stereotypical for him to go from like a swashbuckling film into a swashbuckling space sci-fi fantasy epic? I don't know. I think it fits. I think it fits. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't think there'd be any harm in it. Actually, I think what we what we would be saying now is the guy from Sinbad or the Tiger did another film called Crow and I think we'd actually all be sold with it because we know any different I think he'd put it off yeah hell I'd even chuck Jane, Jane Seymour in there as well as a princess oh, how about that seriously hey? seriously hey? Yeah. mate Jane Seymour is hot she's hot now she's so hot now it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah like she is you've seen her recently yeah. I know she um maybe she's a vampire like mate, they say with Keanu you know, Reeves you know what I mean I just like mate, she just doesn't time. Yeah, that's it, man. You know, I think old um, Colwyn would be having a bit of a challenge with all the other blokes when he when he turns up with old Jane Seymour. There, I think old Liam Neeson would certainly have a go, wouldn't he? <laughs> I think she's she's sixty eight now. She's sixty eight. Is she really? Cool. Yeah, she's sixty eight. Yeah, she's sixty eight. She's been married one, two, three, four times. It's obviously working for her. Yeah. Keep doing it. She might just get a fifth one in there. Sorry, Jane. If she's listening to this, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jane, if you're listening, if you're listening, Jane. Apologies. We are only expressing an opinion here. All right. But I do fancy you. I, I, I do fancy you. Yeah, she. Um, she and you were a fantastic Bond girl as well. In, in um. Yeah, that's just what I was thinking. Was it um. Was it the man with no? No, it's live and let die, wasn't it? Live, live and let die. Bow, oh, bow, <laughs> bow. Yeah, no, live and let die. Yes. Yeah. Was it the old guy? Was it the alligators or the crocodiles? Oh, yeah, that crocky just took my whole hand off. Took it with boom. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, Jane Seymour's. She's um. She's she's very pretty. She's very pretty. She's very pretty. And um, oh, where was there was a there was a series. You, you know, Jamaica oh, Inn came out. Doctor Queen Medicine Woman. Yes. 
Was it that? I think, yeah. yes, it was Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Yes, it was. Um, she was in Jamaica Inn back, back, back in the day. Um, oh, what was the TV program? Yeah, it's Jamaica Inn. Oh, man. Yeah, in 1983, I was in a play uh, called Jamaica Inn where I played a um, an albino vicar. And um, yeah, I, I, had, I, I, I did. Yeah. And I had to obviously go back to like see Jamaica Inn to see what it was about, understand the story, understand the characters. And I did a lot of research in, into Jamaica Inn and I had no idea that um, um, Jane Seymour was in it. So, you know, when I watched it and I saw it, I was just like, oh, Jesus wow. Christ. Yeah. So was, was, uh, having a little moment there, was it? <laughs> did a lot of research. Shut up. <laughs> a lot of research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. You know, talking about the Jamaica Inn, there's actually an inn down the West Country uh, called the Jamaica Inn. It's supposed to be a haunted um, hotel or something. Or... That's what. That's what it's based on. Oh, is so that what it's based on? Is it? Yeah, it's based on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, talking to someone about it. Um, they went to go and stay down there. Apparently, it's yeah, it's supposed to be one of the most haunted places down, down yeah, that way. I've stayed there. Um, stayed you there. have, have you? Yeah, Did you I've see stayed. anything? Um, it was, I didn't see anything, no, but they've got a fantastic museum underneath the um, where you stay. Uh, and Daphne right. de Maurier, Daphne de Maurier, uh, she wrote um, Jamaica Inn and she wrote uh, you know a, a huge catalogue of thriller, suspense kind of you know dark novels and um yeah she based one about jamaica in and yeah it's great to go down there and sort of see um the small museum that they've got there for her and right. jamaica in. but it's not just about jamaica it's about like the history of like the early 1800s and and um how um bandits used to lure ships when they were like traveling uh you know in the english channel with like silk and gold and you know all sorts of like wonderful uh treasures from around the world they would lure yeah. they would lure uh, ships into in, in into into land so they would pretend that uh, the fires that they were making were lighthouses or in the, you know, back in the 1800s they didn't have lighthouses yeah. they just had people that um made fire so sailors could navigate around the rocks so what they would do they would put fires on top of cliff faces and which would then instruct ships to like turn turn their um uh, turn into the rocks so they would smash into right. the rocks and all of their goods would be you know strewn out all over the beaches and so when the tide goes out the bandits would come in they would take all of the gold and the silk and 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 the food and the treasures and they would kill all the people on 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 the ships and they would take it and they would take all that plunder back to uh, Jamaica in so you basically got the premises here of the fog haven't you if you know what I mean, because that's kind of um, uh, with with the ship's captain, wasn't it? When they they lit the beacon, didn't they, in the fog, and then they lured the ship and it wrecked, didn't it? So um, yeah, pretty brutal time times. But I do like all these old folklore stories um, yeah. in those areas. There's there's an awful lot. There's an awful lot of them. Name um, name the film. Name the film, RJ. Eleven fifty nine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The witching hour. Oh. And <laughs> you know what? It's almost like we started the show and I said, right, we're going to talk about John Carpenter. Then we're going to talk about Crow. And somehow through the show, we end up back to John Carpenter. And here we are. We've ended up back here to JC. Yeah. But yeah, another great movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I think okay, we can. Any possibly... JC I've got in my life, mate. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> 
if um yeah we might actually we could almost we could cover the fog couldn't we because it's 19 came out in 1980 didn't it yes it did i think yes it made right. in 1970s released in the 80s um yeah great movie yeah, that, that does that reaches the cutoff point so yeah we can definitely do that for sure yeah but um it's been really good um <clears throat> having you on the show mark um thanks man thanks it's been been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for having me man it's been an absolute pleasure no, it's, been, it's been good um like i say I, I should have mentioned this at the uh, beginning of the show but um as just saying to the listeners you know that rick rick and i were doing the show rick had to um he's on a hiatus or he wasn't able to do the show anymore um it's some big shoes for me to fill because I've never I've never really done this before, you know, hosting a show. Um, I was in two minds before I was going to do it, actually. <laughs> but Rick said, hey, you should do it, man. Yeah, just do it. And I've taken it on. Um, and actually uh, getting into podcasting has been quite a steep curve learning um, yeah. with everything. I think I posted on Facebook the other day, I kind of feel like Tony Stark in a cave banging bits of metal together <laughs> to try and <laughs> how, do I, how do I do a podcast you know it's like um not that I'm going to be coming out in a metal seat with flamethrowers or anything like that with a big um, hole in your chest I, <laughs> yeah exactly um but I thought about it I thought about who who I could ask as a co I couldn't think of anybody better mate as yourself Mark because um uh you know posting stuff on Facebook I know how much you love the 80s and um just talking about what we've done today, you know, and I'll, uh, be good just to continue this and uh, talk about all the other movies. So, mate, it's it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah. First and foremost, I mean, credit to you for for taking this opportunity and moving forward with, you know, do looks like the eighties because you've got a fantastic little uh, little Facebook page. Uh, I'm loving all of the all of the uh, the input that people are giving i think you're up to like 350 followers on the page which is tremendous um yeah you know it's, it's just great man like there's so many so many good uh, podcasts out there um i think we should mention a few what do you think absolutely yeah far away mark yeah we'll we'll, so we'll give some shout outs here. there's there's a lot of uh, really good podcasts out there that you should be listening to right now um i think um podcasts under the stairs with your host duncan Mc Duncan McLeish Duncan out there. Um, he's, he's doing some fantastic things over there. You got podcast on Haunted Hill with uh, my man Dan Bone and Gav Hoare over there. They're doing some fantastic stuff over there. Um, so check those guys out on Facebook. They've both got Facebook pages. Uh, and obviously, yeah. Um, is there anyone else you want? Do you want to include on that? Yeah, I just wanted to mention um, Cinema Psyops. We've caught Psyops. It, it does a fantastic show. Um, I think he, he's a very busy guy. He actually puts a show out every week, I think. Wow. Uh, I think he's up to about 200 episodes now, um, him and Matt. So, and he's got a cracking Facebook page as well. Uh, those guys have a lot of fun. Um, Darren Wilson from Psychosomatics podcast. Yeah. Uh, the Witch versus the Doomsday Clock. Yeah, um, the Doomsday Clock. Yeah, he, he he's he's doing a great show, man. <laughs> um, he's got some incredible sound bites on his show, yeah, and it's he's doing a good job. Um, and sorry if I've, if I haven't mentioned anybody else, I can't think of anybody else. Um, 
I might have left somebody out, but if, um, if, but like if, I say, leave, if leave you are one, us. if you are one of the the few people that have been left out, then please don't be afraid to give us some abuse on the page. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, and I've, I forgot to mention uh, Ricky Morgan with Howling Power Hour. Um, yes, absolutely. He, when Rick is doing podcast, um, he is a busy guy because I think he had about three or four shows running at one time. Um, which was was a short bus with um, uh, Johnny Johnny Crew, um, and obviously Howling Powerwell. But yeah, no, it's, it's great. It, it's it is as I've mentioned before, um, just a great got a bunch of guys to hang about with on Facebook. You know, because we're all busy with our day to day stuff. But um, you put Facebook on, and you post some stuff on there, and um, I said before we're guys from the 80s we didn't have social media but i think legion podcast is actually quite a good um a good news story for social media in Definitely. terms of everybody seems, everybody seems to you know get on it's involving yeah it's involving everyone everyone has a voice everyone has an interest and um, yeah. yeah it's it's great to 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 hear from like-minded people that want to vent, talk, and express everything and everything. Yeah. Wonderful. And bring up um, old movies and songs and nostalgia um, and night trainers and <laughs> Casio <laughs> watches. I haven't mentioned the Casio watch yet. <laughs> I had to bring up a Casio watch. Um, but, yeah, so, so um, what would you like to tackle next, Mark? And uh, is there a film that you'd like to check out? Um, what film I want to check out? I'd like to do. I don't. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure at the moment. I'm not sure. There, there's so much to choose. There's so much to choose from. Um, I was thinking of maybe something like a comedy, sort of something like The Burbs or something like that. Burbs. Burbs or, would be good. I know Gav. I know Gav and Dan over at uh, Haunted Hill are big fans of The Burbs. Yeah, big could fans be, of that. Could, could um, be an option for sure, man. Something like that, or Beverly Hills Cop, or something like that. Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Five thousand dollars, man. Um, and Johnny Wishbone. I don't think anybody's covered that on Legion. All right, let's do that. Then. Let's do. Let's go. Beverly Hills Cop. I think we should do Boom. that. I think we should do that. I've got some. I've got some good ideas for it. Is this the man? Is this the man who wrecked the buffet at the hotel? Oh dear. Okay, well on that note, let's get out of here. And guys, we will see you soon. Take care. Cheers, guys. Bye bye.